This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Peeps in a podcast, the bonus show. It's back-to-back away wins for City as Matt and I once again drove past Alton Towers for the second time in a week on what has been a roller coaster season for Bristol City. Thank you very much. City come away 3-1 winners against young relegated Derby side looking to impress Wayne Rooney. Lee's three words were 24 Vyman. Matt, I don't think I've asked you before. Do you actually like roller coasters? Um, no, I'm a bit, with having sort of quite a big stomach, um, <laughs> it tends to loop the loop a little bit too much for me. So I'm not, a, don't, it don't, I'm not fearful of them, but I end up coming off feeling sick. So yeah. yeah. How about roller coaster seasons? Uh, I've not enjoyed this one too much. I have to say yesterday was a bit different, but, um, yeah, I've not enjoyed this one too much. Okay. So, uh, so yesterday it was back to back away wins. It was three, one. Mm. I didn't come away feeling the same, uh, probably because of the Jada Silva bet, to be fair, but I didn't come away feeling the same sort of contentment, if that makes sense, with uh, with the result yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Derby being relegated, it, it meant there wasn't as much on it as there could have been. Um, obviously, Wayne Rooney opted to play some youngsters to have a look at them. Um, I think my overriding disappointment, and it's crazy to talk about disappointment after a 3-1 away win, was the Sam Bell situation. Um, I felt, um, and I know Nigel Pearson will have his views on it, but I've, I just felt that he he's destroying the lad by playing him in a position that he's just not suited to. Um, and I would love to know, and, and maybe our guests will know the answer, um, whether Cam Pring was injured or not. Because again, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to me to be Ben Iman, Ben Aroos in a role, again, that he's unaccustomed to. He'd give 100% in, um, but he's not natural in it. Um, when you've got Campring and then you've got um, Duncan Idahan who showed later on in the game when we moved to a four that he could play there. So there just a couple of real question marks for me on, on Pearson's selections there. Um, but in particular, Sam Bell, I hate to see a sub subbed. Um, and he knows he was he was very palpable for the goal mm. um, that they scored. So, yeah, I, I hope that doesn't continue in the remaining couple of games. Okay, uh, let's bring in our guest then. Uh, thanks for the returning guest, Rich Forrester from Bristol City Live. Rich, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me back on again. It's all right, you've made it back. <laughs> Obviously, you did well the first time around. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've done something right. No, no, oh, it's I'm great. Just... To, it's great to have you have you on, sir. Um, Matt's thrown the first question into the mix for you there. I I had a quick read of your article through one eye this morning as I was waking up about campering uh, specifically. So, uh, do you want to just give us your view on that situation? I think it's a, a bit of a mystery at the moment, to be honest, and it's one to, for me to ask Pearson on, on Thursday when the press conferences arrive. Um, it was at the was it the Sheffield United game um, with that Viner warming up before with the squad, so I don't think he's injured at all. I just think he's might be out of favour at the moment. I think when the reporters asked him um, last week about why he wasn't on the bench, and uh, I think he, he just brushed it off a little bit and just said um, they wanted to give other players the opportunity. Both of um, Idahan and, and Bell on the bench and, and Conway mm. too. Um, so I don't really know what's what's happening there. To be honest, it's all a bit it's all a bit of a mystery to me. And uh, whether something going on behind the scenes, I'm not too sure. But I think since that Swansea game or the Preston game, he's um, he really hasn't featured at all. Yeah. He's been one of the people that's been kind of been left out the side, like like that fine, To be honest, mm. Matt, as a as a fan watching on and seeing Campring this season, finally getting a chance in the first team after all those eleven loans, I think it was or something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, for me, he's been a real asset. He's pacey. He can cross. He can get at players, but also he's got those defensive capabilities and speed at the back, which something is really important for us. Hundred um, percent, and uh, you know, yeah, he's he's made mistakes, but I think pretty much every member Everyone of that has, squad, yeah. exactly that. Um, and if it is, you know, we we don't know, and, I'm, and I'm, I don't mean to speculate, but if it is something disciplinary or whatever, then fine, I get that. But you also have to look at the good of the team 
And for me, Nigel Pearson making that decision is not for the good of the team. That is not for the good of Eamon Benaroos playing it left wing back. It's not for the good of Sam Bell playing it right wing back. Um, so I, I don't know the point he's trying to prove. And, and for me, with Cam Pring, he's the best left back we've currently got, you know, defensively probably as well, including Jay. Um, but obviously Jay's been playing really, really well. So, you know, I understand Jay being in there, but I, I don't get the bit around wanting to give other players opportunities because that's not giving those players opportunities in a position they're going to flourish. Um, similarly with Alex Scott, he does a job for you, but he's not going to flourish there. Well, and if you are giving other players opportunities, then let's see a, a change up front as yeah. well. Um, yeah. You know, you've got uh, Conway on the bench, Bell on the bench and Wells. Obviously, Wells yep. had opportunities, but, you know, Bell and Conway are strikers. Yep. So let's see some opportunities up there. It just, it makes no sense. And George Tanner played, I think, 60 odd minutes in the under 23s against Ipswich. I don't know whether he played the other day. Um, but again, you know, he can come in and do 60 minutes, but... I was saying yesterday, when, when um, Alex Scott went off, the, the, the natural pr- replacement for me then, if he wasn't going to bring Ida Hun on and go to a four, was to put Hanna Masenga there, who's got a more defensive-minded, you know, than, than Sam Bell will have done. But he doesn't. And that that's... I, I talked about it yesterday, um, Nigel Pearson's arrogance with the media at times, which I don't like. Um, but I think that's an arrogance as well with the team selection. I think it's kind of, I'm going to do this and I don't really care what anyone else thinks, which is fine. That's your manager. You should do that. But he's playing players completely out of position. And as I said yesterday, that that's what left me really disappointed because seeing Sam Bell walk off, admittedly, when he came over clapping at the end of the game, he, he seemed perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, he, he's getting nothing playing right wing back for me. He gave he the ball saw... away numerous times, didn't he? And yeah. yeah. We also saw Joe Williams playing in that sort of right wing back role, didn't he? Yeah, as yeah, well. He so there are other opportunities. Yeah. Um, okay, let's have a look at the team then. Uh, so there was two changes: De Silva um, and Masengo coming out. Now this is another one, Matt, that uh, sort of upset you pre-match, should we say? Uh, yeah. Obviously, De Silva we we know was unlikely because he yep. came off um, in the last game, and and at that point, you know, obviously we've covered the Pring discussion. Um, but Masengo, second half, man of the match, I think, yep. from only a half performance in the last home game, um, dropped. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we gave it to Semenyo in the end, but he, he ran it very close. Um, again, I don't understand it. It wasn't like Joe Williams ripped up any trees away at Stoke. Um, he had a solid performance, but, you know. But Masengo came on the other night and was excellent, Um and for me, again, it shows a manager that has a view. And, and as a player, you must think, it actually doesn't really matter what I do when I come on. And again, I don't know. Maybe Hannah Masenga's made it clear he's not signing a new contract. So that might be another reason. You know, Pearson, I could understand wanting to play players who can stay. But for, for me, if you come in and you do a job, you've got the shirt. And how many times do you hear that from all managers? Play, get the shirt, and it's then up to them to sort of prove it and take it off you when they get an opportunity. Um, I don't get it. I didn't get it. Uh, Rich, for you, um, obviously the first, the, the top three seem to pick themselves. Um, yeah. And other than that, it's tinkering in and behind. So were you surprised not to see Masengo start? Not really, to be honest with you. I mean, Matty James is always a, a shoo-in in in, for Pearson in that team. And he, and he loved Joe Williams too. And I think we've seen over the last few weeks that if those two are fit and they're, they're, they'll play together and, and Masengo will... Will be the, uh, the the victim of that, but I do think what Matt says about his his, his future does play a part in this his decisions at the moment, and uh, he's look, obviously looking forward to next to next season. I think in, in a way, and, and, and how he's trying to bring in these youngsters, and I think it's pretty inevitable that probably Masengo is not going to be here if he's the contract's been on the table for a long time now, and he obviously hasn't signed it, and you know with the interest coming in for him, I think the writing's on the wall in a way, and and. I think Pearson probably knows that and he's reflecting that in his in his team selection at the moment. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, but at what point do you bring in um, a Josh Hours, Matt, into the squad, into the match day squad to give that opportunity if Masengo's not going to be here next season? I know we're all a bit emotionally attached to Masengo, so it is always good to see him, but you know what I mean? Same, same thing um, with Josh Hours. Now, for me with Andy King, if Andy King gets another year next season, I think that just completely and utterly smacks of Pearson with his, his Leicester sort of players that he trusts, okay? But Andy King, because of his injuries, but he, even when he's played, he's he's not done enough for me. 
Um, so why is Josh Harris not given an opportunity to, to come in there? You know, he, he does that quite often, Pearson, that a player comes onto the bench, doesn't get the opportunity, then and then you don't see them. You know, and you think, well, he was showing it in training or doing whatever. Where, where's the? And you know, I'm not, I'm not close enough to it. Maybe that's just part of it, getting them the match day squad feel, as opposed to necessarily ever really intending them getting on the pitch. But again, that makes no sense. And the Masengo point, the way he's been playing, certainly as I said the other night, if you want to increase his value, then then play him as well. If he's putting in performances like that, by not playing him, clubs are surely going to go well. Yeah, you're not even playing him, so he ain't that great. So we'll give you two million rather than five million. Or, um, so yeah, I'm yeah, it's a balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like you say, I mean, it, it, it sounds so pathetic that I'm sat here moaning when we've won 3 1 away, but I just felt that, yeah, there were decisions made yesterday that I don't see as being for the good of the team. I really don't. Okay, let's come into the minutes then. Um, I didn't actually make notes throughout the game, so I, was uh, say, I, I didn't. I didn't see you making notes. <laughs> no, I thought I'd have the day off, but uh, watched the uh, the highlights and reminded myself of things. But uh, interject at any point if if there's any bits we've missed of note. Okay, so tenth minute, it's uh, the ball is won in the corner by Benarus. It falls to Williams. He fizzes it up to Semenyo, and Semenyo has a great first touch that gives him the space to find the pass inside to Martin and it's a really important first time pass from Martin that sets Vyman away for a one-on-one and with the form he's in that 20th goal of the season was never in doubt as he sort of passes the ball into the net right-footed his 41st goal for Bristol City and he heads straight to the City fans but intermittently apologizing to the Derby fans on the way over Matt but uh what a goal what a finish yeah, it was never in doubt, was it? I just felt when he ran through, I mean, immediately he looked to me from where we were in the corner of the stand that he was about 20 yards offside. Um, and then I've seen the footage, I don't know if it was Curtis Davis that slipped um, and is kind of led prostrate on the ground um, playing him onside. But it was a really, really good move, one-touch move in the, the ball from Martin. And yeah, he, he runs through and um, he talked to himself about the, the confidence um, afterwards, didn't he, that, he, that he had. But it's a difficult chance when you're through one-on-one. How many times do you see those missed? Um, and, and as you say, you know, he, he was respectful to Derby fans, but also respectful to the team that um, is now paying his wages. So it was quite a, a, a funny <laughs> celebration, wasn't it? It was a hand up and then a... <laughs> Bit of a dance. Some, some sort of dance. Yeah, maybe that'd be the new Summer Ibiza dance. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I doubt it. Um, Rich... He's made 88 appearances for Derby, so it was great. To, it's always great to see that sort of res- mutual respect. Um, signing for City in July 2018, but this season's goals, 20 goals. I think it's almost 10 assists, nine assists. Um, I think he called out <laughs> called out Semenyo for not getting that extra assist yesterday. But uh, what a season for Andy Vyman. Obviously, you've been following Bristol City for the season, but I'm sure you're aware of Andy Vyman prior to that as well. Incredible, really, considering his career best before this season was was ten, I think, in his, his debut season for, for Bristol City. It's it's incredible figures, and uh, and it, I, I was delighted for him when he when he scored that goal yesterday because I was starting to was starting to um, feel it was getting a bit elusive with having gone three games without a goal, and uh, it kind of encapsulates what everything everything Pearson wants in a player: is his work rate and, and professionalism, and is uh, is. It's great for the youngsters to have around as well for, for the likes of Sam Bella and Conway, Conway. And um, yeah, whether it's going to be a freak season or not, we'll, we'll see for, uh, next season. But he's behind, playing behind those two. And I think that, that front three, how they linked up yesterday, kind of encapsulates what they're all about. It was a, it was a great move and uh, yeah, a great flip by Martin. And as you said, he was never missing that at all. It was a, it was a great moment and I'm sure everyone, everyone was absolutely delighted for him. Yeah, and as you reported this morning, he's really relishing that slot in in behind the two front men, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he prefers that to playing a right wing back. That's for sure. Or <laughs> he, ended, he ended yesterday left midfield as well. So you know, he yeah. doesn't drop wherever he wants. But yeah, behind those, the way that Martin and Semenyo, the when Martin drops back and creates space, and Semenyo is you know peeling off to the flanks, he creates so much space for Feynman, and he's, he you know he relishes those those runs from the deep and. Uh, yeah, and he's 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 quite unplayable at times. His movement and his work rate is so difficult to pick up as a defender that you know, and he he really deserves all those goals. He's yeah, he's been he's been he's been brilliant this season. Matt, I want you to pick your favourite of the twenty. I'll quickly run through them for you. Two away two. at Reading, Car- the Cardiff, <laughs> yeah, the Cardiff, the vol- the volley at Cardiff. Um, great great finish. Um, and obviously the 
the feeling with that game as well. But yeah. like like Rich says, I mean, he, he's he's just unplayable at times. Um, but probably his biggest asset, I would say, from Pearson's point of view, is he, he's another one that he knows he can trust. But he could, you could literally say to him, right, you know, Dan's gone off. I don't want to bring Max on. Can you put the gloves on, Andy? And he'd do it with a smile on his face. You know, he just seems a bit like we've said about Alex Scott. He he will. He is absolutely a team player, Andy Vyman. Um, and sh- perhaps just shows some of the mismanagement that we've had with Andy Vyman from previous managers who didn't play him down the middle, which was clearly his best is clearly his best position. Albeit I know he, he sort of Pearson made it clear yesterday, didn't he, that it's not a three, it's very much a two with him in behind. Um but, you know, that's where he needs to play and, and exactly as Rich said, Chris Martin, um who just doesn't get the credit that he deserves, Chris Martin. Um, you know, it's very easy to label him slow and but his movement and his his thought um, is 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 brilliant, and the pass that he made yesterday was perfect. Wasn't and that's it? something that we have been lacking to some extent this season, but definitely in previous seasons, is that quick pass. We yeah. seem to we seem to delay the pass so yeah. much, Rich, that sometimes Vyman's made a run, or Semenyo's made a run, or someone's made a run, and it's just it's waste it's wasted. But yesterday was a was a great example of it working. Exactly, and that's how I think Pearson wants him to play on the counter attack, quick and 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 efficient, really. And as you said, I think once when they have time on the ball in the final thirds and they're trying to pass it about, it's, it's it can be pretty ineffective at times. When they're moving it quickly between those three and creating space and movement, it's really difficult to defend against, and it's it's why they've scored so many goals this season. Mm. Okay, Derby's frailties were evident. A slip for the goal that played Andy onside, a dodgy back pass that was almost a comedy own goal, and then dithering from the fullback that led to our second goal. And that was on the 38th minute. Semenyo dispossesses the fullback. Two deft touches, a step over, and bang. Right amount of power, the accuracy, the left foot drive across the keeper into the net. A great goal. And Matt, we've we've been critical of Semenyo in the past of not making the right decisions and his shot selection and his choice of power over accuracy. But uh, that was pretty much spot on. Yeah, yeah, it was Stearman, the um, centre-back, who was pulled out wide and, and Semenyo just anticipated it. Um, what was really, really funny is just beforehand, the Derby fans were singing to Semenyo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just a S-H-I-T Kazim Richards. Um, and literally within seconds. Oh no! You said you said I hope he scores now. Yeah, exactly. And then literally yeah, straight yeah. away. Straight away. And then I have to be honest to say there was a particular fan that I'd picked out who was singing it that I, <laughs> I I gave both barrels to once he'd scored. But um, I mean, it, it it actually was a a, a, a well struck shot. But it didn't. When I watched it back, it didn't quite have the fizz that he normally has on it. Um, and I'd probably be a bit disappointed if I was the keeper with it. But. Um, again, his movement, and you know, we've talked about Andy Vyman being unplayable. I, I thought Semenya yesterday was outstanding. Um, I will be amazed, amazed if Prem clubs don't come in for him, um, and that's where he should be looking. If he's going to leave us, he should absolutely be looking at a Prem club. And I'm not saying he's going to feature week in, week out, but you know, if you are a um, a Fulham, you are a, a Bournemouth going up. Antoine Semenya has to be a player you're looking at because. He's just going to get better. And his finishing has improved this season. But it's his movement and his power. The way that he's... There were three or four times yesterday where he's got three or four players around him. And he comes out with the ball because of his strength. Um, And yeah, he he should be walking away with the match ball yesterday. Um, He missed two easier chances than he scored. But um, I love him. And and I've said on here, Patch, haven't I? And we were saying in the car going out yesterday. He's the one for me I would be doing everything to keep. Because I think he could be massive for us next season. Um, I love Alex Scott, I love Han Noah, but, you know, yesterday Alex Scott went off and you're not missing him because he's right wing back. You know, that's not where he should be playing. Um, but I think Semenya, the way we want to play is is vital. Um, yeah, take him out of the team and, and it and it fills me with a bit a bit of fear, really. So, Yeah, um, Rich, you've been watching football for many years. How would you sort of sum up the position that Semenya is in in terms of his career at the moment? A good question is um <clears throat> he needs to be playing first thing football regularly for sure and considering he's only kind of has half a season really with his injuries this this year um, um yesterday he was he was he was incredible yesterday he was the, my man of the match for sure and uh i think i think that's right and i say that if he gets a move which inevitably will at some point whether it's this season or next 
who needs to be at one of the, the, the Premier League clubs. I'm, I'm, Brentford's the one that kind of sticks out in my mind. Maybe he can do a job at West Ham too. Um, but yeah, he needs to be playing regular, foot, regular football at, at the moment. I, d- I didn't realise that yesterday was his first goal in about 10 games. Yeah. Kind of went under the radar a little bit. And uh, yeah. I think that kind of... He was out injured for a little while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, true. And um, But it just kind of goes to show the contribution that he still makes on the pitch when he's when he's not scoring too. And that's, um, yeah, that's is, that's really effective for him and, and the likes of Martin and, and Vyman. So, yeah, whether it's going to be a difficult job to keep hold of him this summer, yeah. but as I said, and it's going to be possible to replace as well for, for someone of, of his ability. So, yeah, he's going to have to pluck someone out um, if he's going to replace him. That's going to do half a job as, as well as he can do. Okay, um, Derby again struggle when a long forward pass is crossed to Kabluski. I'm going to say, who heads over from five yards. Um, and Matt, it was harder to miss that one, I think. Yeah, I don't. I know he's a young lad. I don't know how, how old he is, um, but he just he just got it all wrong, didn't he? I mean, um, I know I've certainly added plenty with the top of my head that have gone over the bar over the years. Um, I mean, admittedly, quite a few years back was the last time, but um, but yeah, I don't. You know, he's got to be looking back at that and thinking, have I not scored there? And whether he's scored before or not, I don't know. But what an opportunity, if not, to have got your first goal. Yeah. Okay, halftime summary from Rob. Picking up where we left off in the home game against Derby. We know they like to play out from the back and play a high line. So good on us for exploiting both with both with two very well-taken goals. Good test now to see if we can keep the ball, keep the intensity and focus. If we do, we will be a well-deserved three points on the road. I think it's inevitable that we'll concede chances too with the makeup of the team, particularly with two inexperienced attack-minded players filling the wing-back roles. But we need to stay positive on the front foot. Hopefully with safety assured, they can just enjoy the game and play. So uh, here we go, 61st minute. Derby do eventually and inevitably almost get a goal back and they do get a goal back. The cross isn't cut out by Benarus and the ball finds Forsyth with Bell not picking him up to head home for 2-1. And Rich, it, there was a certain inevitability about that. Derby were knocking on the door asking questions and we inevitably do shift uh, shift goals. I think there's the first clean sheet in quite some time in the last game. Yeah, and um, I tell you what, the, the the guy who put in the cross, I think his name was Ebelui or something like that. I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah. that right, but it was a great delivery, and uh, he's he caused Benarus problems kind of on the ball afternoon. Really, he was uh, he looked Derby's brightest player. Um, Ravel Morrison looked all right for 50, twenty minutes in the second half. Yeah, he did. And, um, he seemed to be causing a bit of bit of problem, and uh, yeah, the the cross was excellent, and yeah, Bell was just caught on his heels a bit at the back post, and Forsyth came in, but I mean that's just that's just Bell playing in an unfamiliar position really, and and not being not being aware of what what what's behind him. So I, I've got sympathy for him to be honest. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, massive sympathy, Matt. We called we called it several times during the game. You know, he couldn't get on his back because th- there's that just air of not quite sure where I should be and when. Yeah, and, he, and he's he's desperate to do well. Um, I mean, it's difficult not to be critical when he's passing the ball inside like he did at one point and, and gave the ball away really, really cheaply and Derby are on the attack. You know, that that's not a positional thing. That's that's just a, a poor pass. But the goal, I think Matty James was a little bit slow um, in closing down initially. And then Benaru se- seems to me, when I've watched it back, almost go with the wrong foot. Um He's kind of going across his body with his left foot to, to cut it out, um, but doesn't get close enough. And, and again, it's something we've said all season about shutting crosses down. Um, and, and exactly as Rich said, Sam Bell is just asleep, really. Forsyth wanders in behind him. All right, let's be fair, Forsyth is a really experienced player, has played a huge amount of games at this level. But you, you've got to know where your man is at any stage, haven't you? And, and Sam doesn't, you know, there's no, no blame apportioned to Dan Bentley. It's just a, a, a good goal, isn't it? Yeah, and as you nice. said, was, was coming, really. Yeah, it was nice to see Forsyth, to see him nice. Yeah, yeah it was for the Derby fans, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, you've missed but in, but missed, in, you've missed uh, no, I've got there, the Bruce yeah. Forsyth. Yeah, oh, thank yeah, you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got that. Good acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. Good, good game, Patch, good game. Um, the the other thing was the Alex Scott situation. Um, now, after the game, it turns out that he's got a broken nose. And I'd, I'd like to know what the concussion protocols are. Mm. 
because I think it was just a broken nose. He, he, he wasn't knocked out or anything. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that's why we had the fourth sub and, and Rich will probably be able to fill us in. But I think Derby made four subs as well. And I didn't see any head injuries for a Derby player. And I don't know whether, because there's one side, if you want to get a concussion sub, does the other side automatically allowed that as well? So I, I was a bit confused by that. To be, to be honest, Matt, you put me on the spot there. I've got Sorry, mate, he's, not a he's, not, he's not a qualified referee. <laughs> no, I know, but I didn't know if it came, it came out as part of the, you know, the reporting and stuff. But no, I, I didn't even know Darby made four subs. I'm um, sure they did. Because I said to you, because I think they made four before we did. I'm just I'd said that to, to Patch. I'm sure that's their fourth sub. Maybe they had a player that was stood by the... the yeah, the they, had four the... they had four subs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Knight, Sibley, Plange and Robinson. But I didn't see... Any head injuries for Derby players, did you? However, here's here's an interesting uh, possibility. Mm. Because we had a fourth sub, does that mean they're allowed a fourth sub? Oh, what? The interesting possibility that I said at the start of this conversation. <laughs> Sorry, I was, clearly Thank, wasn't listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Took away switching looking, off. Yeah. I was looking onto the next bit. Maybe Ref Lee Paul will be able to uh, to qualify yes. it for us. But yeah, I, I, I didn't see it. And, and clearly, Alex Scott's wasn't a concussion. So, um, mm. yeah, interesting. Let's just talk about um, the substitutions whilst we're on the subject. Uh, so Alex Scott coming off, Sam Bell coming on. We've we kind of already spoken about yep. that. Um, Duncan Idahan coming on for Benarus and changing the shape, Matt, which you we've, you spoke about. Yeah. Um, we've only seen him in the under 23s. I think I don't, that's his definitely warm, his debut. Warm, warming up at Swansea. Yeah, I'm warming up at Swansea. But um, f- looks all the world for a, f- as a footballer. Um, he seems to have uh, a good stature, a good presence on the pitch, and made a really good tackle, Matt, in the in the closing stages. He, he did. Um, he got caught out early on, and Nigel Pearson said he was a, th- thought he was a little bit nervous, but he plays centrally um, for the, the under twenty threes. Um, you know, in, in in the back, so probably again slightly an unfamiliar position for him. But is is naturally left footed, I think. So you know that again was a an obvious choice to make. And a, and for me, I I question why he wouldn't have started there as well, um, rather than Benarus, who's clearly not left footed, although he can play with both feet, but mm. clearly not a defender. Um, but yeah, I thought he did well. And then you see his post match interview in the uh, <laughs> he let, let, let a little um, comment slip, didn't he? Which wasn't too bad. It was only uh, yeah, that's um, from it. Ass, I think, yeah. yeah. But um, I thought he did well, and like you said, the tackle is 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 a brilliant tackle, or it's a penalty, isn't it? So mm. he had to get it spot on. Um, but he did he did well, and I didn't realise until I'd seen the interview or, or some of the comments afterwards. I think it might have been Rich, but I forgot that we'd signed him from Grimsby. Um, mm. You know, I thought he was an, an academy one again, um, and obviously Pearson's kind of referenced that he will be staying. So there's probably a contract announcement due on that, but. I thought he yeah. showed up well. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. What, what is he, 19, I think? Yeah, something along those lines. Rich, have, do you know any more in terms of his future? I, I'm sure I saw somewhere about a, a contract on the table. Yeah, well, I asked Pearson yesterday after the game whether he's, he's going to stay because I know he signed a six-month short-term contract in January because he got released by Birmingham. He was on trial there and got and got released. He got sent off and considered a penalty in one of the games there. Oh, right. And I think their their loss is is his gain at the moment because he's come to the under twenty threes and he's really good from what I'm seeing composed and composed and he's and composed on the ball he can pick out a pass too and he's he reads the game really well and um, yes I asked Pearson after the game and he said he's he's here to stay so I, I'm not too sure how long the, the, the contract will be or, or anything but that's great news for him and it's impossible possible to dislike him after seeing that the interview and he said <laughs> so he's played in front of a crowd and he only played I think eight games for Grimsby as well um, so I think we'll have to manage expectations yeah in front of no crowd presumably during yeah. COVID yeah exactly exactly so and what is what is his position are we saying left-sided centre-back left-back left-wing-back what what can he? What can he play? Well, as Matt said, he plays. He's placed the centre in um, the three and the under twenty threes. Um, he's a left footed, so obviously he'll play run in the centre on the left side. And from yesterday, assuming he can play left back as well, and he gave him very simple instructions when he went on, and that was yeah, just to, to to get it clear really, and to not do anything, not do anything too fancy. So I think it depends how person wants to play in the, going forward into next season whether he wants to play with a four or stick with a three and um, but I think with 
Duncan's kind of versatility in that in that in that position is pretty beneficial to him, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why I wanted to keep him on. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the other substitutions, uh, obviously Masengo coming on for Sam Bell, uh, we've we've spoken about, and then Andy King getting the last three plus injury time for Joe Williams. Um, okay. Seventy ninth minute, Matty James deliver delivery from the free kick is perfect. It's one of those that is swinging in and on target. So even if no one gets ahead on it, it's going to put the keeper in, in two minds. And I love those free kicks. Um, and Closer does meet it well and really happy for him to get his first City goal. Rich, what a, what a character for a start, Tim Closer is, and, and a great finish. Yeah, what a guy. Um, we spoke to him in the press conference when he, after he arrived and he's uh, such a character, witty, he's intelligent and uh, he's a, I think he's great around the dressing room and if they don't keep him on for, for another year, I think that's a, an error considering the, the way he's been performing and there was question marks over his fitness um, when he first arrived, but he's he's put those to bed for sure, those doubts. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a brilliant delivery by by Matty James. I think I've been, I've been a bit critical of some of them recently, um, but that was that was pinpoint and yeah, great header and uh, yeah, I think he fully deserves that. Yeah. Matt, for you, obviously we have been critical of some of the set-piece deliveries over the season. But we know Matty James is capable of that, and yeah, for me that was a perfect free kick. Yeah, it was. Um, and and it's, it's, Rich said he's been he's been delivering those of late, you know, really really well. Um, and it's just a glance in it from closer. He's not got really do anything on it. It's a really good area. And I thought James had a much better performance yesterday. Um, mm. You know, it, I was I was quite impressed with him yesterday. So um, good to see and and. Good to see him in the, the, the pre-match presses as well, speaking really well. So, um, yeah, no, it was good. And and good to get that third, I mean, I think, again, first time this season, we've won a game by two goals, which, yeah, is, yeah. again, incredible when you think about it, isn't it, with, what, mm. two games to go. Yeah. Um, but it settled the nerves, didn't it, then? So, Matt, for you, closer, does he get a, a contract for a year? Um, I think you've got to. I, I wouldn't go two years. Um, my, I, I guess, yeah, probably with an option with the club. Um, I guess Closer may himself be looking at options, if if not, because he's of, of an age that if another team comes in and offers him two years, then he, he might look at it. But he's certainly done enough that you'd, you'd, you'd look at keeping him next season. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of next season, then, let's say that happens. Um, Baker, I think, is expected to come back next season. Um Callas, Atkinson, Cundy, five fairly well. Cundy, we don't know actually still mm. yet, but there's five fairly decent, assured to some extent centre backs there. I probably missed one. Uh, well, when you chuck in the mix, you've got Idaho, Riley Taylor. Um, you know that could come in there. Um, it's an interesting one. And, and, and I know it was, left left and, of the yeah. Three. It, it was a bit controversial when we were chatting about it in uh, in Frankie and Benny's, wasn't it, before the game? <laughs> um, and there's not a lot of controversy in Frankie and Benny's. Um, well, I don't know when they I, when they keep singing "Happy Birthday" every five. Yeah, minutes, that's true. Yeah, or um, congratulations. But but I said about um, Callas would be a player that I would actually take some big money for um, because I think it's a position, as you've said, where we have got players there. But I think it's a position that you can you can also buy in. Um, it's a shame really the Euros were last year um, because we should have taken advantage of it then I think with, with Thomas Callas and that's not a reflection on him I think he's been brilliant I mean he's been our man of the match for so many times this season but I do think that there now we've got closer as well you've got that experience Atkinson I think with a full pre-season is going to get better um, Robbie Cund is an interesting one because I think again has done more than enough to earn another deal Certainly, he's played well the last few games, and you'd feel a little bit if he is released, it, it wouldn't sit right for me because he's not done anything wrong when he's come in. So, yeah, that will be one to watch. I, I really hope they do offer him a deal, but yeah. Mm. Any thoughts on that discussion from you, Rich? I think a lot of it depends on whether Callas stays or stays or goes in, in the summer, to be honest. He's, um, I know his contract's up in 2023. And with his wages that he's on, that's one of the highest paid players in the club. Um, I don't think, to be honest, since his injury, that City have really missed him. Yeah, I think those three are doing a pretty good job. Rob Atkinson has, has been, I think, really good. 
Um, he looks to be getting back to his best again following from his illness over the, over the new year. Um, so I think a lot depends on whether they can offload Callas with his wages. It's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of uh, it might have a little domino effect on whether Kundi stays or, or not. Um, as you said, Pearson obviously wants to sign a, a, a defender or two, but then you've you've mentioned five, then you've got an overload um, of defenders. So it's it's a, a difficult decision that Pearson's got in a bit of a dilemma. Um, but I think it all kind of stems with Callis's future, to be honest, and whether they can whether they can offload him or not. I think they'd be open to it if they can get an offer in and consider any costs. I think that was it, eight million or something when he signed the club record. Yeah. Um, if they can recoup any of the money back for him, then I think it'd probably be wise. Hmm. Matt, let's make no bones about it. Obviously, if, if we can keep Callas and still bring in reinforcements, we're definitely keeping him, aren't we? Um, yeah, absolutely. But I think again, and we, we don't know where financial fair play is going to land in, you know, with, with the discussions they've got. But I think, as Rich is saying, if, if you can get the, the wages off as well, that frees up what you can potentially do elsewhere in the squad as well. Certainly that right side position, um, whether George Tanner, you know, we know he was signed with a view for the future and that future might not even have been next season. Um, you know, it he was got the next game, in. I think, wasn't it? Well, he, he got <laughs> thrown in, didn't he? But it's definitely a position we need to look at um, strengthening. Um, oh, yeah. And hopefully it's not an ex-Leicester thirty-five-year-old or he played there for Middlesbrough a lot, didn't he? Um, mm. I, I don't see him as a um, a right wing back at all. Um, you, I think you'd rather first... have have him there than Alex Scott. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'd rather the other Rob... players that have played I'd... there this season. <laughs> Any number of them, Robbie Cundy. Um, you know, the other ones we've not talked about. You've got Zach Viner as well that we didn't mention, who can play centre, will play centre half, yeah. all right. Yeah, and you've got Taylor Moore coming back mm. now. Taylor Moore, you would absolutely imagine will will probably be released if that's the case. Although he's on, you know, fairly decent money, is my understanding. Um, but he's not even been a first reg, first team regular at Hearts, so he's not going to come back and come straight into us unless he has a worldie of a preseason. Or so you would think that he would go. I think probably Idaho Taylor could do with a lone first division standard for a season. Um, that would do them in good stead. So you know they're, they're probably not in the, the fray as much. Yeah, I'm I'm, not, I'm quite uh, looking forward to seeing Callas playing in that right back, right wing back role oh, yeah. next season. Yeah. Now, now that I've mentioned it, now you've mentioned it. Yeah, yeah with the yeah. with the oh, with the few centre backs that we've got, I think um, I think we're going to retrain him in that position. Yeah. For, for well, like I said, I'm I'm sure it was at Middlesbrough. What, certainly one of his lengths. He played a lot of games in that yeah. position. Okay, all right. Good stuff. Right, um, Matt, let's come on to the ratings. We've seen Riches, so let's uh, let's see the disparity. I, to be truthful, I can't remember Riches, so I apologise. <laughs> um, I know we talked about but I was driving, I was concentrating on the road. Oh, I thought yeah. that was memorable, don't worry. <laughs> um, so, when Dan Bentley 6, um, didn't put him down for anything with the goal, thought, thought it was a, a pretty solid display, made one good save um, that he palmed out that Benarus then got to, I can't think who that was from. Um, there are a couple that look like they might have caused a few problems and did just go wide. I think like Rich said, Ravel Morrison, who if they keep hold of him, you'd like to think he's going to do something in the first division for them because he's he's obviously a quality player. First division, granddad. Sorry. Is it uh, League One then, sorry. Well, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, Rich was yeah. a seven on that one, I think. Was he right? Okay. Now, yeah. I think, what's, your, what's your starting point, Rich? Is your starting point a six or a seven? Seven, I think. Okay, yeah, there you go. So we're, we're on a pilot. Yeah, that's exactly. Our, that's our starting point, look. So yeah, he didn't really yeah. do anything wrong, did he? No, no, he never. Didn't pull yeah, off so any... Six is six is an expected performance. Yeah, so that's our yeah. start. Our starting point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, closer and Atkinson, I went eight, and Cundy, I went seven. Um, slightly harsh, maybe on Cundy, but there were a couple of times where he did get caught out, and there was one in particular where it was actually given his offside, and he didn't know that, but it, the ball got caught under him, and then Derby were through. Um, but I also have to look at it and think they didn't really have much to contend with up front. Um, so it was a fairly comfortable afternoon, but I did think Close and Atkinson played really well. So I went, yeah, two eights for them and a seven for Robbie Cundy. Hmm. I think I was the same. I think, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think it was a bit harsh on Cundy, but he had, to, he had a bit of a, a difficult job covering, yeah. covering Bell for a lot of that game. Which yeah, maybe reflected 
and it scores a little bit. And I had I had closed it down for a seven until he, until he scored the header. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, and, and Atkinson solid solid as ever. I think he's been eight for the last couple of weeks, really. Yeah. Yeah, he has been excellent last Matt, my, on Candy, my brother kept pointing out that he seemed to be going in with the wrong foot. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Um, I didn't. I know, I, yeah, Ju- Julian said that. and Not that I disagree with Julian, I just did, didn't pick up on it. He, mm. he got caught a couple of times, again, with the runner coming in behind him. Like Richard said, I think he's, he's kind of also thinking about Sam Bell there. So, mm. um, Matty Jing, oh, sorry, Iman. Um, we di- we di- won't do Alex, we'll do Iman in, and Sam because obviously Alex went off fairly early. Imano went six. Um, he was up against their best player, I think, like Rich said. Um, he did actually put in a number of really good challenges, and, and that was after being booked. And, and I actually thought the booking was a really soft booking from the ref. Um, oh, yeah. So, he had a few uh, soft bookings, didn't he? Yeah, but I thought that one in particular. Joe, Joe Williams, which we'll talk about, was a, a, a definite booking and actually could have been more than that if you if you want to really look at it. Um, but, yeah, Benarus, I thought, did, did okay. Again, for me, in a position that he just shouldn't be being played in. Um, so that's that's the six for that. Um, on the other side, Sam Bell, I've, I've gone five, um, and you know that's because he was at fault for the goal. It's, you know, I know Iman should have closed it down, but you know it's Sam's man. He also gave the ball away a couple of times, really, really cheaply. Um, and I do feel harsh for giving the five because I, I apportion that to Pearson as much as anything because I just don't think he should be playing there. And I think even though he was playing right wing back out of position and defensively was was going to struggle, there was still no. There was I can't think of many forward runs and whipping across in. Did a couple, didn't he, in the first half? Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, um, where he did get in, there was one that um, he played the ball back behind Chris Martin, um, okay. and if he'd have played a bit like Semenyo's in front of him, then Martin's got a tap in. Um, but yeah, and and like I said, I'm not I'm not gonna gonna castigate Sam Bell. He just shouldn't be playing in that position. He shouldn't shouldn't even have come into the equation of playing in that position after the last game where he got taken off because he just didn't do very well, did he? So, okay. um, like I said, you know, for, for me, if Pearson does that again, well, no, I'm you're going to have words, aren't you? Well, it almost then. Oh, feels Rich, like, is, what, Rich what, is going to have words for what, you. What, what, have you got, <laughs> what have you got an agenda with the lad? You're trying to like make him. Tin look, hat on, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, trying to make him look stupid. In you know, Pearson came out himself and said afterwards, "I don't like subbing the sub." Well, then don't put him in that position, especially when you've got another option there, which Masengo. Now, he might turn around and say, well, I didn't know if Joe Williams and Matty James could get through. Well, well, fine. Then you can move Masengo in. If you've got to bring Sam Bell on for the last 10 minutes and play there, then fine. But he didn't need to do that for me. Drop Andy Vyman back in and put a striker on. Exactly, yeah. Um, With Sam Bell, didn't he play him at right wing back against Coventry and then bring him off at halftime as well? Yeah. Yeah, and he got absolutely roasted against Coventry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and a sim- similar sort of position where I mean that that game he, he even struggled to control the ball, didn't he? It, it was kind of, but you could sense that was a nerves thing as well because he's at home, big crowd. But I just find it incredible that you're playing a striker, which is what Sam Bell has been all his career at right wing back and expecting mm-hmm. him to perform, and he's just you know it's not going to happen, is it? So yeah, it's a bizarre decision because. Pearson's been asked in his press conferences about if he's going to hand any more opportunities to the likes yeah. of Josh Owens and stuff. And he said he doesn't want to bring him in in a situation where it's like when it's, if you're in a difficult run of form and perhaps next season's a better way to look at it. And then he goes and puts Sambal at right wing back and, yeah, and it's going to lead him out to try it. And similarly, like I said, with, with Iman, you know, and I, I, we actually said it even with Alex Scott, but in the the, the lineup, I said, Patch, don't I? we've got the most two, the two most creative wing backs in the entire league but they probably won't give us anything from a win-back point of view because they're just not naturally there. And we could talk all day long about Alex Scott and maybe it's because we, we are trying to make sure that we don't get any bids in for him. So we play him at right wing-back and he's not showing his full potential. But, as, soon as, yeah. the, as soon as the transfer window closes, he'll be playing yeah. just in behind the two front. <laughs> yeah. And, and Pearson's not the only manager to do that sort of thing. Yeah, managers up and down the country do it, don't they? But it, it makes no sense. It, it's that square peg in a round hole situation, isn't it? So... Um, so yeah, so um, Iman in six and, and Sam five. Matty James, I've gone seven. Um, I thought it was a it was a much better performance from him yesterday. And similarly, Joe Williams, I went seven. Um, I debated that one. I was sort of toying with a six, but I thought there were times that he hit two or three, and there was one patch you were I don't know what you were doing at the time, but I said I called out, then I what a ball, and it was like a forty like, yard. What what happened? Yeah, I missed that forty yard sort of <laughs> ping. I think out to to Sam Bell. Um, but again, he was walking a bit of a tightrope from getting that early book in. Um, 
so 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 did well and and I get wanting to get games into him um but yeah and we said about Matty James Matt um obviously coming back from that injury I don't know how many games he's since he's come back now but he has gradually improved game on game for me um yeah. and I think there was it was in the last the last game as well up at Stoke yeah. that you could just tell, particularly in the second half, he was starting to take hold of the game. His delivery is on set pieces as well is excellent. There's no two ways about it. My my only thing that I've said is that you know I I wonder about his legs. Don't say the legs again. Oh, yeah, no, but I do. Yeah, I've got to, am I? And and it feels like it slows down for for me with him. Um, you know, you you want more of an energy, more of a, a kind of box to box and um and this is really bad because his name has completely gone out of my head but the young lad rich in the under 23s who plays Kaji. central mid Kaji, yeah now i've watched him a couple of times in the 23s and he really impresses me um mm. seems to have a really good energy very um leggy and can also pass the ball so he's one for me that i would definitely be looking at pre-season and probably a little bit like Tyreek did where he came in and no one sort of really thought he was going to come in, but he'd be one I'd be looking at. But that's my only thing with Matty James is I just wonder over a season, A, from an injury point of view, but also he, he, he runs out of the energy. Um, but yesterday, you know, I, th- I thought he was excellent. And he, he's he's intelligent. He breaks the play up by knowing where the ball's going to go. Um, but yeah. If we get if we get um, some reinforcements in and bring through a couple more players from, from the youth area... I don't think this will happen because he's, it's, Pearson doesn't seem to be that sort of manager. But you play Matty James in the games where you need that control in the midfield. When yeah. you're home to Peterborough, who are bottom of the league, you wouldn't have Matty James in the team. You'd have a more attacking, fast-moving. Uh, so it's all for me. It's about playing the players in the positions for the type of game as well. I think it's back to Rich's point. Matt, Matty James is nailed on and probably even with what Vyman, Martin and Semenya are doing, is the first name on Pearson's team sheet. Um, yeah. A bit of a surprise, really, that he's not then captain in that central well, position Well, he might be next well. season. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because we, you know, we've talked about Callas, but equally with Dan Bentley. Dan Bentley's probably on very good money and, again, is a player that other clubs would, would look at. You know, he's he's obviously a, a quality keeper. Um, I'm not necessarily saying a Prem side, but another championship side or a side that maybe has dropped down from the... You know, take a Burnley. If Burnley drop down and Nick Pope goes, you know, Bentley might be someone that they would look at or, yeah. Certainly Everton doing a Pickford. good job of advertising all our players on this. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. The big wage is to get the, the squad overhaul in that we know we all need. So, yeah. Go on, Richard. Not, you want to chip in, Richard? Yeah. I think um, Matty James, for me, is one of the players that you always kind of write last about in the player ratings because yeah. it's really quite hard to see what he does in a game, which I think in a way is a quite a good sign of a, of a centre midfielder at times. He yeah. keeps it simple and he's, he's probably a lot more effective than people. He's not eye-catching, Rich, is he? No, he's certainly not. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, no, there's no, no showboating or anything going on with him, that's for sure. Um, but I, I, again, it, for next season, whether Pearson can sign like a, a proper defensive midfielder, where does that leave kind of Matty James? Because... Uh, I mean that would be probably too defensive, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's. I mean, he's he's still at the club for another two years or so. So yeah, yeah. So we were having a, a WhatsApp group um, debate, weren't we, Patch? About um, it looks like Marlon Pack might be being released from from Cardiff, and we were asking the question on our WhatsApp group. You know, how many would take Marlon Pack back? Um, and I, to be fair, not not many would, but not only really because it's kind of two, three years on since he left us. But he was a player that wasn't really replaced and, and is another one that we've kind of, and I know Richie won't probably have seen a lot of him at, at, at Bristol City, if at all, but he didn't get replaced. And it was only probably when he's left that you appreciated how good a player he was for us, sim- similarly with, with Corey Smith. But yeah, it's an interesting one. It's certainly a position that Pearson, I think, recognises the need to sign someone, doesn't he? But Backinson comes back, doesn't he, as well? He's an Essex which come in for him. You know, he's another one that I think he's still playing for Ipswich. I'm sure I saw him yesterday. So Actually on the train yesterday and there was a group of City fans and an Ipswich fan came on and they started chatting, chatting about Backinson and I was just listening in and uh, he was actually speaking very highly of him. Was he? Yeah. Season, yeah, saying he's, um, he's getting better and better by the game yeah. and they, they, they want to keep him on, but it depends how much they want to spend for him in the summer. Yeah. I can't imagine he's going to cost much, and, and no. clearly Pearson doesn't 
doesn't rate him, does he? Or you know, no, more more probably attitude wise, it seems from what he'd said, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah. yeah. yesterday, he did. Picked, yeah. up, picked up a booking. Did he? Fair play. Mm. Okay, uh, so you've done James Williams. Yep. So I think it's just the the strike force left, isn't it? Um, strike force, nice. Nice. Yeah. The the three. Um, and I went um three eights. Um, Andy Vyman. There was a, a touch of. Um, yeah, you know, getting the twentieth, but you know his energy again. Chris Martin, just because of the fact that there were so many times yesterday where, again, he won the ball against much better, you know, you would think headers of the ball in the likes of Curtis Davis and, and Stearman, but but he won it, and it just felt at times that either with Vyman or Semenya, they ran the wrong way from where the flick was, and that seems to happen quite a lot with him. But he, he wins an awful lot of ball, and again, you saw. His, his ability with that first time ball through to Vyman. And then like I said with Semenyo, as as Rich said, man of the match, he was he was our man of the match as well. I just thought he was he was unplayable. So I went three eights for the, for those three. Yeah, I, I went two eights and a, and a seven for Martin just because he didn't get himself on, on the score sheet. But yeah, as you said, it was a lot of, he won a lot of flick ons yesterday which went in the wrong direction. And, yeah. And, yeah, and he was he looked a bit frustrated. He looked a bit frustrated with Semenyo at times as well when um he didn't square the ball across goal once or twice, and uh, so I had a, had a bit of sympathy for him then. But I mean, if Semenyo, if he if he could finish half of his chances, I mean, but, he could but have the easier it. chances as well, Rich, wouldn't it? I mean, you looked at his goal yesterday, and it's you know wide on the left and yeah. has to drive it across. He had two central sort of shots where a bit more composure, probably Martin in that area scores, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. Semenyo tries to blast everything in, yeah. Yeah, and I think this goes to show if he can take his chances, then the Premier League. I mean, it yeah. beckons for him for sure. And uh, I think if he had, if he had, I think there was had that one chance he had straight after Derby's goal when he was yeah. put from goal and it was saved by the keeper. He should have been burying that. Yeah. And yeah, he, he could have easily got a nine or a ten for yeah. me if he'd, if he'd scored those yeah. for sure. He was, he was, yeah, he was unplayable yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And then for Nige, um I've gone seven because it's a three-one away win, and you know, that surprises you might... me. I thought you were going to go a bit lower get... than that. Did you know the... with your berating of the starting yeah, lineup but, and but it's it's Sam still a Bell, three... it's it's still a three-one, but it's it's a seven because of those other reasons. Um, okay, probably a three-one. You know, we there's a lot of eights in that in in the team. Um, but yeah, you know, again for everything I've said, I, th- I thought he got a number of things wrong yesterday. Um, yeah. So it's an average of seven point zero nine for the the team. Okay, and where are we now for the season? Uh, Five point eight eight, which again get into yeah. where? Yeah, I know. don't think unless we put in some nines in the last couple of games, we're not going to get to the magic six, are we? No, but then if which we is finish, ex- which is the expectation? If we finish eighteenth, nineteenth, we expect to finish higher than that. So that's yeah. probably a right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, brilliant. So just a few wider discussion points before we finish. Um, I saw an article from you, Rich, um, about a certain Jean-Luc Dompe. Oh, yeah. Do you want to uh, enlighten us on this? <laughs> I wish I could as much as I can, but first I've heard of him as of, as of uh, Friday. I, I had a little look online to see what was what was knocking about, and uh, I tried to make contact with, with his agent. Whether he gets back to me is a different story, but... We'll see about that one. Um, it's, a, it's a very rogue, rogue transfer and the link that's come out. And uh, I tried to look at his positioning and, and, and one of the websites and he's played defensive midfielder. I think wing back he's played up front. So I think he's fits. Pierce Pierce sort of player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got plenty of assists. I think he's got 12 or something this season. Assist, assisting yeah. eight. Uh, following two years with Ghent, Dompe moved to Zolta Varagem in 2020, where he has featured in 59 Belgian top flight matches, assisting 18, scoring nine. That's a pretty good record. And with it, yeah, 12 assists this season, yeah. That, I mean, that might might be because he's a bit of a um, dead ball specialist. Um Maybe takes a free kicks the penalty, uh, the corners to get the, those assists. But I mean, the stats are good. But he's also playing in Belgium, so you can't really read too much into it. Hmm, interesting. Okay, um, Matt. In terms of 
formation as well you know i think pearson's intimated that he would happily switch to a, a four as well as you know going with the three and the two wing backs what's your sort of favorite formation in terms of for bristol city and should it flux per game i'm gonna do with mike bassett now <laughs> four, we're gonna play four four, four two <laughs> um yeah, I, I was brought up with wingers. I mean, it's it's, it's gone yeah, but not the, wing backs. No, no, no. It's gone out of the game a little bit, hasn't it? So I, that's what I'm saying. I was brought up with wingers, yeah. and yes, it's um, that would be my uh, ideal way. But but the game's changed, you know, and you've you've got to look at how other teams are matching up. Um, I think I do think we look better with a four. Um, I do just as a a shape and and the way that we then get the ball forward. Um, I'm not sure Pearson's ever happily intimating anything in terms of formations or anything that he really says um but yeah i think i think he would like to go to a four it's what he's he's traditionally played isn't it um it's what he's used to so i think that's that's what he would look to do um but yeah as i say you've, you've got to look to see what you're up and you, you've got to be able to change um and to be fair to him he has done that at times this season um you know he switched yesterday and I think in all of the games that we've played recently, it's when we've gone to a four where we have looked more comfortable. You know, f- first half against Derby yesterday, as I say, Dar- Derby were, were pretty poor, weren't they? So we, we were able to cut them open with those front three. But mm. Okay. Um, and yeah, clearly, as you say, Pearson is looking for those flexible players. Um, but Matt, so if we do play four at the back, start of next season, based on who we've got, Callas, obviously right back, as we've as I've, as I've tighted. <laughs> yeah. Um, Baker and closer, or Atkinson and closer, and then left back Jada Silva, or dare I say it, Campring. Yeah, I mean it would. It or would Duncan, be, I don't. It it would it would be that. Um, I think it probably would be Tanner as opposed to Callas, but unbelievable. Um, yeah, I know I know what you're saying, but yeah, I mean the Nathan Baker one's going to be really really interesting, and, and understandably, Nigel Pearson's not saying anything else because they're waiting on the scan and. Mm. He's certainly in and around the building, um, which, you know, and, and we I think we all hope that he is able to come back. You know, I'd like to think that, and again, one for, for referee Lee Paul. Here we go. Um, we had a discussion talked, for about three minutes talk, about this. Well, we did talk about it, didn't we? But um, I don't know whether as a, an outfield player, he can wear a head guard. Um, and I'm thinking about it now. I'm pretty sure I have seen oh, in, tell in you European games. Jimenez did, didn't he? For, for Wolves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. So... Um, and and actually, again, obviously, will depend what specialists have said. But I'm not, I'm not sure Nathan's had a fracture at any stage. I know he's obviously had concussions and stuff. But Jimenez's was a real bad injury. Oh, God, yeah. And there was the lad um, at Tranmere a few years back, Ian Hume, who similarly had a, a fractured skull, and I think he then continued to play afterwards. So you know, hopefully that, that Nathan you know can come back in. But if he does, I'd certainly be looking at it being able to wear a head head protection um yeah okay um a quick word on the hull game uh, or the last home game of the season next saturday um former players association are welcoming back wayne allison junior bent nicky morgan mark shell and rob edwards so really looking forward to catching up with those guys that i've had on robins reunited not had nicky morgan or mark shell yet but um both will certainly be in the pipeline after Saturday, hopefully. Um, and yeah, it'd be great, Matt. To obviously, I know you're not going to be there, unfortunately. You'll be um, no, I'm in Vegas in the bright light so, cities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Vegas, but I'll be I'll be watching it. What seven a.m. or whatever. Double it is. date time, with Michael Bublé, I believe. Same difference. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, but brilliant. And they're players there again. You know, junior. We're talking about wingers. Um, mm. Yeah, the, the, immediately drawn back to the Anfield Tinian Knight um, and Junior Bent over those games who oh, and Wayne Allison's assist for yeah, the goal. Um, but we talked about Semenya yesterday scoring a hat-trick I mean Junior if he'd had his shooting boots on that night um, <laughs> but yeah br- brilliant lads and Nicky Morgan again probably very much an unsung Bristol yeah. City player um, played an awful lot of games scored an awful lot of goals for me, and again, you know, I'm always honest. Um, not a player that I I overly warm to because for me, a lot of the time he was taking the position of Bob Taylor um, <laughs> when when he was being dropped and and Nicky Morgan was preferred, um, and Bob could do no wrong in my eyes. So yeah, um, so I owe him an apology there, really. Mm. But Mark Shell, great player, 
um, yeah. great servant. And obviously Rob Edwards um, didn't realise, Pat, until you said yesterday, the number of games Rob Edwards played. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it'd be great. It'd be great. Um, I'm gutted to be missing it. To be fair, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, uh, were you in Vegas a couple of weeks ago? A few weeks. No, ago? that was that was um, New York, San Francisco, oh, Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, mate, mate. Honestly, well, that was for my fiftieth, and now this is for my 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 partner's birthday. So it just so happened mine got moved for COVID. Sort of go on, go on, go on. In that, uh, yeah. So yeah, was that, a, <laughs> was, that a, was that a Father Ted reference then? I don't go know. On, go, on, go on, go on, go oh, on. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, Rich, any sort of final thoughts from you as we head towards the towards the end of the season? Has uh, this season met your expectations, or you know, were you a bit like us? We expected around sort of thirteenth, fourteenth. So our rating of five point eight six or whatever it is at the moment is fairly, you know, is fairly right in terms of where we think we should be. I think that it's. A big positive to beat the points tally from last season at the yeah. moment. Um, I think that gives momentum. And I also think that from last season, I think it was four defeats in a row at the end or five defeats in a row. Now yeah. this time around, they're hitting momentum and, and form at, at a good time, I guess, in a way. So if you're relating it to progress and, and momentum going into the summer, then that's very important. So I think after the Peterborough game, I think... Pearson in particular has done really well um, and the players have done really well to come back from that and put in three really good performances. They could have easily put themselves on the beach by now and, and you know, it's in the season kind of going out like a, a damp squib. But they've, they've responded really well and I think there's a lot of positives that can be taken out of that. Yeah, okay. Uh, a couple of tweets just to finish then. So um, Chris says, excellent and should take into account uh, despite their league position, Derby have had a very good home record this season. Um, Bristol Dalboy, excellent first half, two ruthless finishes. Loved the first goal link up from Semenyo to Martin, who played in Vyman. Second half, eased off and gave away a poor goal. Noticeably, Matty James stood off and didn't press quick enough when the ball was there to be won. Atkinson, superb. Tom Rule, excellent day with you both. We um, we had a, a couple of beers before the game, Matt, didn't we? With, uh, we did. with Northern, yeah, Northern Tom. Tom. Yep. yep. Good to see him. Uh, Shahan asked, what was the mood like um, of the home fans at the ground, considering Derby were already relegated and that they'll face the likes of Forest Green next season? Well, the City Brilliant. fans certainly reminded uh, Derby that they would be playing Forest Green next season several times. Yeah. Um, but they were surprisingly upbeat, Matt, for me. I thought they were brilliant. Um, it showed um, probably the turmoil that, that that club's gone through. I think you know when you when you get twenty one points deducted, that their expectations of relegation, truthfully, has been for a number of months, hasn't it? Despite the fact they've kept it going, um, but yeah, they showed what what true fans are. Yesterday, they were still behind their team. Um, you know, Wayne Rooney filled a, a load of youngsters, and and you hope for them that. The takeover with is it Chris Kitchener um, does go through that that Wayne Rooney stays there and that, that they they can get back on the the right footing because a, a club like Derby shouldn't be in League One. No, absolutely. Okay, uh, we'll leave it there then. Um, again, we'll just finish with a final congratulations to Andy Vyman for hitting twenty goals for the season and hopefully many many more next season. But for now, Matt, have a good trip to Vegas. Thank you very much. And um, Rich, thanks so much for coming on again. And uh, you know, oh, that hat trick ball awaits. Yeah, I have to say as well, Rich, re- really enjoy your your presses and your, and your reporting as well. Um, oh, thanks and, so much, Matt. I appreciate you do, that. Yeah. You do ask yeah. the questions that that we want asked, and uh, yeah, it's I can imagine it's not not always uh, not always the easiest environment at times. So yeah, fair. Play. No, it's a lot easier when they're winning. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me back on. It's, yeah. uh, it's always a pleasure. Great, oh, thanks, mate. More, more than welcome. And uh, I think we'll just finish there. But a, a happy birthday today to Chris Garland, one of the Ashton Gate Eight. Um, his, it's his birthday today, uh, aged seventy-three. So uh, a very happy birthday, happy to birthday, Chris, Chris Garland. Yeah. Right, we'll leave it there. Thanks everyone okay. for listening, and we'll be back after the whole game. Take care. Take care, guys. On Bristol City, on Bristol City, on Bristol City, way up the lead. You nearly blew it, we know you've been through it, but you can do it. 
give us the gold There'll always be a Bristol And City is the team To get into the first again Will always be our dream We're proud of Bristol City They play in wind and rain To hear the crowd or shout aloud The city scores again Mine eyes have seen the glory of the goals the city score And we want to see them score in just a half a dozen more When the ball goes in the net, me boys, you'll want to hear us roar Our team goes marching on Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Our team goes marching on